Thank you, Helen. And we've got a cracker of a bit of scripture to go over today, so it's quite exciting. Just put my butterfly down here for a minute. Um, we're going to carry on with Ephesians, and we're doing this series that we're calling Full to Fill. Um, and Ben started it brilliantly last week, talking about how we are full full of God, continually filled by the Spirit with all of his glory and power so that we can go out and give it away. And we're made full so that we can fill the earth with his goodness. I thought um, Ben's story last week was brilliant. I think it's going to stick with me for a long time. The story of his friends who went on holiday in a beautiful resort and ate pot noodles and found out on the last day that they had been covered. They could have had the buffet every day but they were eating pot noodles instead. This is such a picture of how we are often, isn't it? We have access to all of God's glory, all of God's power, all of his fullness, and often we're just sitting in our rooms eating pot noodles. That's my chopstick sign. Um, <laughs> yeah, but actually, <laughs> we are filled. We've, we've been given all of his riches, all of his inheritance. We're going to keep looking at that today. Ben encouraged us last week to be praying these two prayers over ourselves. And so, toward that aim, we've written them out for you. So you can, there's one on the front, one on the back. You can have them on your mirror. You can put them on the door of your bathroom. So when you're sat on the toilet, you can read them. You can um, put them in your breakfast cupboard, wherever it is that you're going to look at it every day, pray this over yourselves. Pray it over your family. Pray it over your neighborhood. Pray it over our church. Pray it over the world. Let's start seeing this stuff come to pass in our lives. So this chapter, uh, we're, we're, we're carrying on from um, verse 17 of Ephesians. We're going to finish chapter 1. But this chapter begins with Paul really excited about these new Ephesian believers. He didn't know before that Gentiles could come and be part of God's family as well. And he's saying like, oh wow, you've been given everything that we've been given and you're also included in his grace and salvation. So he starts thanking God for them and then he starts to pray. And he says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So this is his first prayer. Lord, let them have the spirit of revelation so that they can know you better. And then he prays in 18 and 19 that they would also begin to know who they are. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believed. So there's a two-pronged prayer here. Paul's asking for revelation from the Spirit so that they will know God first and then know who they are in God. And I think this is how it works. The more we get to know God, the more we know who he is, the more we discover who we are or at least who, he, who we were created to be. And the more we see him, the more we listen to him, the more we spend time with him, the more we will have our minds renewed, and the more we will be restored to our true selves. So the question is, how well do you know God? How do you see him? 
And then how well do you know who you are? I mean, who you actually are. I'm not talking about do you know your Myers-Briggs test. I'm, not, I'm talking about who are you created to be in God? The question is, are our perspectives on God and on ourselves, are they aligned with how he sees or are they aligned with how the world sees? Our thinking and our belief systems determine our perspectives in life. How we see God, how we see ourselves, how we see the world, how we see our purpose in the world, these are often determined by our belief systems and they become the lenses through which we see the reality around us and, and through which we interact with it as well. And these belief systems are normally formed and influenced by our family systems, by our culture, and by the experiences that we've had in life. And these can be positive, and sometimes they're negative. Sometimes we're carrying belief systems from what we've experienced that are not how God sees and believes. And these are the things that can stop us from really knowing who we are in Christ. And they can prevent us from doing the works prepared in advance for us to do, that Ephesians tells us are ready for us to do. Do you know that you were pre prepared? There are works, good works, prepared for you to do. You know this, yeah? And sometimes the stuff we've experienced and the way we're seeing the world, or the way we're seeing God, the way we're seeing ourselves, make us stuck, stop us from going forward. So I'm gonna need some friends up here to help me. Tanashe, could you be my friend? Could you come and help me? Um, yeah, Tanashe is good for now. So Tanashe um, is a little bit like me. Yes, give him a round of applause. So Tanashe is um, much less good looking than he normally is, but he is looking at life through the lenses that he's picked up through his life. He's looking at life through what the world tells him is valuable, what the world tells him his value is, what his family has taught him. Can you see clearly through those glasses? No, good answer. No, he's looking at life through a certain, number, uh, through a certain kind of lens. And uh, just an example from my life is I spent a lot of years feeling like I wasn't very good at anything. I constantly compared myself to others. I normally felt insecure and self-conscious, felt less capable, less attractive, and way less fun than most of the people around me. And it didn't matter how many times people told me the opposite, because the lies in my mind had been put there by the enemy early on in my life, and then those were confirmed with experiences as I went along. I also had difficulty trusting God and trusting that he was actually good and believing that he was gonna be good to me. And that's why it was so powerful that we did that singing this morning. Um, Lizzie, I don't know where Lizzie's gone, just amazing. Thank you to Lizzie and the band, yeah. Um, so I was all stuck in this stuff and God had put stuff in my heart that I desperately wanted to do and see happen in the world. But these incorrect views of myself and of him often made me hold back from really going for it. So Tanache here is stuck in some lies and he's looking at life in the wrong way. The way he sees people, the way he sees his future, the way he sees God, the way he sees his possibilities have him wearing this silly nose, among other things. But he can't see clearly. And I'm gonna throw out some ideas. There are thousands of possibilities, but some of us might be hearing things in our heads. Usually you'll know where you're stuck by your own self-talk, 
by the things that recur in your brain a lot. So you better work harder. You need to achieve more. You certainly should have earned more money than this by this point in your life. Your car is not good enough. Your house isn't good enough. Um, you're never going to be enough. You're letting people down. Um, please don't show your emotions. That's not okay. You've got to be strong because no one's going to come through for you. You're on your own in life. You've got to fight for yourself. Um, can't trust people. They're always going to let you down. God is certainly not all that trustworthy. Sometimes he's good. Sometimes he, you know, all these lies that the enemy puts in our heads. These are the things that have got us stuck and we need to be restored in our minds. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, that's these lenses, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so Mr. Tanache here is gonna have to go through a process of getting his mind renewed, having the eyes having the eyes of his heart enlightened. So he puts on, yes, so yes. <laughs> so he puts on <clears throat> the perspective of God. He starts looking at life through different lenses. He's got a renewed mind. How does this happen? You're gonna throw those away. How do we get our minds renewed? How do we start seeing things the way God sees things? Brilliantly, science more and more is starting to um, confirm what the Bible's been talking about for millennia. Um, and I'm talking about brain plasticity. So we have an experience in life, usually very early ones, and our brains create beliefs around that experience. We start to think in a certain way, and if we do that more than once, we create these neural pathways in our brains. The more we have that thought, the wider and stronger that neural pathway gets. And because we're generally lazy creatures, our brains take the path of least resistance. So whenever we have an experience, we have that same pattern of thinking. But uh, research is showing us that our brains are not fixed and hardwired, but they're plastic and they're malleable. So I think this is what God's talking about when he talks about having your mind renewed. It's actually on a physiological cellular level that we can be changed. If we want to renew our minds, if Tanache, who's being very patient up here, is going to start seeing things through God's perspective, I think it's going to happen two ways. Um, the spirit and the word. And I think these are like train tracks. Look at that. I think these are like train tracks, dually working together to help us to be moving forward into who we're meant to be. So the spirit is spending time doing what we did this morning, praying in tongues inviting the spirit, waiting on him, listening to him. I found this brilliant verse in Corinthians, which I swear I'd never read before, but it says, we have not received the spirit of the world, that was these glasses that are on the floor now, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Isn't that exciting? Because we have the mind of Christ. Tanache is waiting on the spirit at home, He's praying in tongues. He's listening to the Spirit. He's spending time with God's Spirit every day. And he's starting to put on, he's starting to have the eyes of his heart enlightened. He's also looking very cool. <laughs> and he's starting to put on God's perspective. And the other way we do that is through Scripture. Filling our minds with the truth of God's Word. Now, this might happen by reading it, listening to it, meditating on it, memorizing it. That sounds 
memorizing sounds a little bit like um, old school Sunday school to some of us, but it's really powerful. Memorize the Word of God. Um, talking about it with others. I'm an external processor, which you probably have never have guessed, but something happens in me when I speak out what I'm learning in the Word of God, when I read the scriptures with someone else. Find some friends so you can speak it out loud. There are lots of different ways you can start getting the truth of God inside you, and then you can start believing it and then walking it out. So this was all part of my process of change, changing my thinking about God and myself. I spent lots of time worshiping. I spent time seeking his presence. And then I made a practice of getting truth from the Bible deep into my soul. So sometimes when I found myself in the past, even now, going down a bit of an emotional plug hole, I actually speak to myself slightly like I would speak to a small petulant child. Stop, stop that, we're not doing that. And then getting my Bible out and saying, who does God say I am? I'm gonna speak it over myself and I'm going to make a decision to align myself with the belief of the truth of scripture. Does that make sense? It's very practical stuff. Um, we're gonna let Tanache sit down. You can keep the glasses, but give him a big round of applause. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna look a little bit at some scripture about who he says we are. 1 Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we get the eyes of our heart enlightened, we begin to know, I am the royal daughter of the king. I am a priest who helps bring other people near to God. I am chosen. I belong. All of these deep existential questions that we have as humans, he begins to answer. It's good news, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope three things he prays, that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power to us who believe. We're going to unpack those a little bit. What's the hope we are called to? Whew, I think it's life lived in perfect relationship with God. As it was in the garden, right at the beginning, with nothing between us and God. Lost my place here. There we go. And then we get to be with him for all eternity as well. We have hope because we're completely loved and completely forgiven. We have hope because we're never left to face life alone. We have hope because all of the promises of scripture are true. There's thousands of them in there and they're true. That's our hope. You know that um, Chris told us the favorite millennial verse of Jeremiah 29, 11, even though it's a bit trendy, it's actually true. He says, I've not come to harm you, but I've come to give you a hope and a future. This is what we have. We've got to hang on to it. I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself regularly that this is true. Because life and its stresses and the messages we're bombarded with in our society often make us think and feel differently. But it is true that we have hope and that we're called to hope. 
We need to fill our minds with truth and resist the tendency all around us to despair because the, the truth is we have hope. Inheritance. Now, this is really exciting. If we trace what our inheritance is throughout the narrative of Scripture, we start with Adam and Eve right at the beginning. And we see that humans were given the whole earth as our inheritance. I need two more people to help me up here. Can I have an Adam and an Eve? I, I vote for Harnick. Anybody else wanna, want me to vote for you or do you want to come up yourself? Yes, yes, Harnick. This is our Adam, the first man. It's a good one. Anybody want to be Harnick's Eve? He's very nice. Come on, Jenny. We need you up here. Oh, come on, Glennis, then. Glennis is willing. We'll get you in a minute. Jenny, you come up too. Okay, this is um, donated to me by, look at that, by uh, Indy. So God, who's Jenny, obviously. Yeah. Come and stand over here with um, Harnick. God is the great God who spun the planets and did all of that. And he says, <laughs> I'm going to give the authority to rule over the earth to these two. So could you give them the authority? And they hold it together. You've got to hold it together, both of you, because man and woman were the, were the reflection of God, the image of God, and they were together to rule and to reign over the earth. And what are they meant to be doing? They're meant to be expanding the garden, the beautiful garden, into the chaos that was the earth. They're meant to be taking that garden, they're meant to be expanding, uh, multiplying the image of God throughout the earth and expanding the order and the beauty of the garden across the earth. Okay? Now what happens? The enemy comes and lies to them. Sorry, Ben, you can be the enemy. I can't choose anyone else, you know? The enemy comes and lies to them. Okay, so this is what he does. He lies to us. He puts lies in our brains. And then because of that, they think, oh, maybe we actually know better than God. Maybe we've got it figured out. And they hand the authority to the enemy, sadly. Okay, this is where it all goes wrong, but it's okay, the cross. Yeah, so what happens next is God keeps pursuing us. God comes to Abraham and he says, I'm making a covenant with you. What was the covenant with Abraham? I'm going to bless you. You will be a blessing and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Okay? And then, this is the amazing bit. When we come to the New Testament, it says we are Abraham's heirs. Our inheritance comes through Abraham. So everything that was promised to these guys, everything that... Abraham got, you're going to be a blessing, you're going to bless the whole earth, you're going to spread the kingdom of God through the whole earth, through the cross, this is you again, you can spread out like a cross, through the cross, can you, it, it disarmed the principalities and powers, disarmed the enemy, yeah, you can go, and it gives us back the authority that we had, yeah, okay, so, thanks guys, you were amazing, you can... No, you can't keep that because it's Indies and she'll cry. But um, yeah, thank you guys. I don't know how to make it stop flashing. Wow. Yeah. So we are given an inheritance that is one of authority and one that is meant to 
bless the whole earth. All the peoples of the earth are meant to be blessed through us. The kingdom of God, his rule, his reign, his goodness, his kindness, his love, his forgiveness are meant to expand across the globe because of us. It isn't going to happen through anyone else, just so you know. It's you. Yep. Okay. The nice thing is we are given power to do this with. Here it is. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. This is the power we have been given. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the one that is available to us, the one that Paul called the incomparably great power for us who believe. I guess the question is, do we believe? Do we believe in who God is? Do we believe in who he says we are? Jesus came to us in a physical body. All the power that spun out the galaxies and created the earth to work perfectly and made it possible for a woman's body to create another human, that God came and lived among us. And then he died, and then an incomparably great power raised him back to life, caused his cells to rejuvenate and his brain synapses to begin to fire again, and then caused him to rise through the air while his disciples watched and seated him at the right hand of the Father. And this power is the one that he says he's given to us. Can you believe it? And that is the challenge. Because when we start to believe it, we get changed. We see Jesus far above every spiritual or political or natural force. And in fact, Paul says, these things are placed under his feet. Okay? Everything is under his feet. And here is the mystery, the amazing bit. We are his body. He has gone to heaven. His physical body is no longer here, except that it is, because he's left us here. He's the head, and we're his body, which means that everything that's under his feet is under whose? Ours. Everything that's under his feet is under our feet. Genesis 3, um, God said to the woman, your seed is going to crush the enemy's head. That seed was Jesus, and he crushed the head of the enemy on the cross, and he said, here's my authority to do the same. 1 John says that, the son of, man, son of God appeared to destroy the works of the devil. And he did that when Jesus walked around. He healed the sick. He cast out the demons. He raised the dead. He preached good news to the poor. And we are meant to be doing exactly the same thing. How does this happen? It's got to happen everywhere we go. It's got to happen with our neighbors. It's got to happen on the school run at the school gates. It's got to happen in the office. It's got to happen when we're loving our families. It's got to happen when we read the news and we see what's going on. <clears throat> um, I've asked a couple people to share a little bit of how they have seen God working through them to change culture, to bring the kingdom. Emma, do you want to come and just give us a minute on... So Emma works in a very corporate legal world. Um, probably not a culture that is a godly culture. So she's going to tell us what she's been seeing God doing there. Thanks. Um, this is still quite raw. So 
just bear with me. Um, three months ago, I felt God called me to move to this new firm. And upon joining, I can probably only describe <laughs> my experience a bit like the emoji with the very wide eyes and one of shock. Um, within my first week, my average finish time was midnight. I was shouted at and a colleague confided in me about suicidal thoughts. My question to God in all of this was, how can I bring the kingdom of God here <laughs> when I'm slightly tired, unknown by these people? I'm very overwhelmed. Three months on, by God's grace, I'm still at this firm. <laughs> Whilst my day job is giving legal advice to banks and, and other corporates, this week, leadership approached me and recognized the systemic issues within our culture. Um, and they asked me if I would take up two positions where it's a side of desk job, obviously, <laughs> um, where my role is to directly influence the culture and address some of these issues and pull a team around me to do that. Through all of this, God gave me a clear vision he called me to shape and challenge corporate culture and bring heaven here on earth. But even amidst it all, even my closest friends and family were like, what are you doing? Get out. Like, this, this is brutal. But what I wanted to say was God was bigger, <laughs> wiser, and had other plans. Evidently, he wants to leave no workplace or any inch of this earth untouched, including the corporate world. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, and I know through the last months, Emma's been praying and asking people to pray and crying out to God for some change and faithful, amazing. Well done, Emma. Um, Caroline, where's Caroline? So Caroline has been a faithful person at our social supermarket every week. I wanted to talk a little bit about how the sort of simple ways we use the gifts of the Spirit to bring the power of God into people's lives. So Anne asked me to share one example that happened just on Wednesday. I came in to talk to Anne at the social supermarket and noticed her talking to a lady. So I sat down and asked God if he had a word for me to share with this lady and I saw a picture of a fish. <laughs> and I prayed about that for a while and then got the phrase, a fish out of water. So I came over to Anne and the lady and I explained that I felt God had given me a word for her and was it okay if I shared it with her? And I explained that um, I felt that God was saying to her that he saw that sometimes she felt a bit like a fish out of water, but that actually God had given her everything she needed to do well, both in the environment where she felt safe, but also in environments where she didn't feel so safe. It wasn't that she didn't belong there. She had the skills God had given her. She just needed to develop them. And um, it was feeling a bit random, <laughs> but I shared the word. And um, I did quote a couple of scriptures that I felt fitted. And then afterwards, Anne explained that she and the lady had been talking about, even though she's been in the area for a while now, she's not been able to meet many people. And this was causing her a great deal of concern. And they'd been talking about maybe stepping out and joining some things. And I felt so, so amazed and blessed that God was able to show this precious lady, not only did he know her and cared about this situation, but was able to help her in it. Yeah, yeah. She had been telling me that she was um, afraid to leave the house 
um, and were afraid to kind of interact with people, so that was exactly the right word. You felt like a fish out of water, but you're going to be okay in the other environment, okay? Now, Caroline didn't deliver this with praying in tongues loudly and lots of heebie-jeebies. It was really natural speaking. So there's a bit in Isaiah, which I love, that says, God awakens my ear every morning to hear the word that sustains the weary. And the people around us are weary. What's the word that your colleague needs? You can deliver it over lunch. You don't have to close your eyes and get on your knees and you just... What, Lord, what's the word for this person? How do I bring your kingdom? How do I bring your freedom? How do I bring your hope to this person? We've got the power of the Spirit living in us. This last bit is amazing, which is God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. How is it? that we are the fullness of him who already fills everything in every way. I don't know. It's a mystery. But he says, I'm not going to be able to fill everything in every way without you. Somehow he's partnering with us. That might have been heretical theology. I'm not sure. But he is somehow partnering with us to fill everything in every way. So I guess the question is, what are you feeling? Are you getting full of him? Are you eating and drinking of his spirit and his word throughout the week? Are you expanding the reign of God wherever you go? I think we need to spend some more time with God and ask him for a revelation of how incredible he is and then start to hear from him who you are. Start resting in our identity as a beloved child of God and start walking out in the power that he's already given us asking the Holy Spirit to lead us every day to the places and the people which need him. And I think if we did this more, we'd see more people meeting Jesus. We'd see more healing and people being set free physically, emotionally, and mentally. Like Emma's example, we'd see cultures begin to change. We would start walking, we would, we would see systems change, we'd see cultures crumble, and we'd see injustice bow to the rule of Jesus. I just want to pray for us that we start to get this and start to do it. So if you want to stand up, let's just close our eyes and let's just wait on the Spirit. If you want to open up your hands to show that you're open to hearing from Him, then go for it. But just start tuning into what He's saying to you. Maybe if Lizzie or someone from the band could come and play, that would be great. Just say, Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come and show us who God is. Help us to know him better and help us to see the power and the inheritance and the hope that we've been given in him. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come and speak to us.
going to invite you to come up and receive some prayer if you'd like to. This is only the beginning. We receive prayer and we get a breakthrough, but we need to walk it out in the week as we go home. But if you want to come up and get some prayer, come up for anything you like. But I think, especially this morning, there are just some people who are struggling with their identity and just need a breakthrough of a, in revelation of who you are in Christ. You might have some of those negative thinking patterns and those negative lenses that you're wearing. So if you're stuck in any kind of pattern of thinking or feeling, including depression and anxiety and self-rejection, um, come on up and we'll pray. And I think for those who's, who realize you've sort of forgotten that we are here on earth on mission and you want to have a greater focus on the world around you, and perhaps you even want to repent of being self-focused and you want to ask God to let you see the world and to feel his great love for it and to take you to those around you who need him and come on up for that too. And I think there's a group of people here, you've got a specific heart for people or a sector of society that you know you're called to influence and love. And if you really want to walk in power in doing that, then just come on up as well. So just come. We'll have a team up here who can pray for you as well. Let's just receive what the Spirit's doing.